0: Welcome to Wellbeing with Manny in conversation with what we hear and listen to throughout our day can shape how we feel. If we feed and nourish our soul with wholesome conversations from everyday people filled with positive stories we may feel less alone and even inspired. We're all working through our own stuff and sometimes you need to hear that you are doing amazing which you are. Well-being with money in conversation with is listening to others talk about how they have journeyed life so far, how they keep their well-being in check and how they keep their mindset positive. This is not always possible but sometimes they share some really good tips on how they improve their well-being just for those days when they're not feeling quite the ticket. Welcome to this Wellbeing with Manny in conversation with community. I really just wanted to build something special that people can feel part of, feel seen and feel valued. Some of the people we speak to have really inspirational stories and hopefully it can resonate with you, make you stop, reflect and also just pick up some top tips along the way. So thank you again for being here and thanks for sharing your time with us. Here's the show. Hi everyone, just jumping in to give a quick shout out to the sponsor of this series of Wellbeing with Manny in conversation with, and that's the amazing IA Hair and Beauty. Now, I don't know about you, but as someone who has a very busy life with lots going on, an hour hair or beauty appointment can feel like a real treat, an absolute essential non-negotiable bit of self-care. Sometimes I know that all I need is a fresh, French manicure to make me feel a bit brighter. I don't think we should underestimate these little acts of kindness and the impact that they have in our busy lives. So, we have a special treat for you. A 15% one-time code across all the IA Hair and Beauty range. So, if that's a gel polish, or beautiful nail art and you just need to jump over to Instagram to see the amazing nail art that Isabel does, or a fresh new trim or colour, then IA Hair and Beauty is the best. Go to IA Hair and Beauty on Instagram or Facebook and DM Isabel quoting the podcast for your 15% off treat. Enjoy! Welcome back to Wellbeing with Manny in Conversation with. You're very welcome here and thank you so much for your time today. So we have a really, really special episode today. So usually I just bring you one guest and that's more than enough. But today we treat you with two guests, two brothers, Brassington brothers they are absolutely incredible, and what they have done is just so inspirational. And we'll get into that in a minute. But first, I just want to introduce to the channel Joe and Tom Brassington. Hello. Hiya. You're all right.
1: Hi, good morning.
0: Good and good. It's so good to have you here. So, um, for those people who are listening and watching, I'd just love for you guys to introduce yourselves and say who you are and what it is that you do. Should we go to Joe first?
1: Sure, Um, I'm Joe Brassington. I am a primary school teacher and also as of the last kind of year a children's book writer and illustrator. Um, I co-wrote Bottled Book with Tom.
0: And for those of you who are watching, (laughs) we are totally on brand here by showing you this book. So for those of you who are listening, just jump over to YouTube so that you can see this book. It's called Bottled. It's absolutely beautiful and we'll talk a little bit more about it in a minute. But there it is. Thanks, Jo. Tom.
2: Yeah, and I'm Tom Brassington. It's, it's very boring, really. It's pretty much the same. I'm Joe's brother and um also a primary school teacher and um have also helped to write and produce um Bottled Book as well, which is a children's picture book to help help children share their feelings. And it's so nice to be with you, Manny, because we go way back. So
0: we, <laughs> we cool. really do. And uh, one of the things I was going to mention actually was one of the things I wrote in my email to Joe, which is uh, to Tom, which is that um, it doesn't surprise me in any way, shape, or form that you have have done this amazing book because you know for the longest time that I've known you, you're somebody who's very, very caring, very supportive um and joe you know if you're from the same stock as tom then you know you will be exactly the same so it doesn't surprise me and it's just incredible that you've done it so yeah it is so lovely that you're here and and that you're doing this um so now that i've embarrassed you we'll go straight into (laughs) we'll go straight into my first question which is always what does well-being mean to you so tom we'll we'll come to you first
2: sure um well-being certainly something that I um working in education well-being something that we talk about a lot um, from a sort of standpoint of teachers and children um and I always when I'm talking to children about well-being I always flip the word around and just say it means being well and it's doing what you need to do in order to be well and um for me um well-being is making sure that I have the capacity to cope with things that are unexpected, so day to day, you 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 build up a routine in life, and very and actually, I'm a kind of creature of habit, and I like that routine, and um, having that sort of day to day in and out, you know what's going to happen, is really helpful, but we know that that isn't what life is and that it likes to throw curveballs and it likes to shake things up a little bit and so for me well-being is always ensuring that I've got that little bit in the tank for when those moments come along um because there are there are moments of hardship and, and moments also of sort of like joy that you want to be able to fully be in and to fully appreciate um and it's sometimes easy when we talk about well-being to focus on those sort of negative aspects but actually both of them are really important and so for me well-being is having that capacity to be able to truly enjoy those moments of happiness and to sit with be comfortable with and to endure through those moments of of hardship I guess.
0: Yeah I love that I love the the focus on joy that is definitely something that we we put down the priority pile actually so yeah i love that thanks tom yeah joe same question to you
1: always tough to go second um i might <laughs> yeah. be repeating what tom said a little that's
0: what he said <laughs>
1: <laughs> right um, i think i think well-being is about being well but kind of tom's alluded to this but people often mistake that as being happy and I think if we are seeking to be happy at all times, that's not achievable. You kind of end up presenting this, this perfect positivity, which isn't true. Mm-hmm. So for me, well-being is about, it's more about seeking peace and seeking to be at peace. Because if I have peace and if I'm at peace, then I can enjoy those happy, those happy moments as and when they arise. Yeah. But I also can accept that they're not going to last forever. And I can be ready for when more challenging times come as well. So I think for me, well-being is about being at peace to enjoy joy, enjoy joy, enjoy joy. Yeah, and enjoy, enjoy happiness and enjoy excitement as it comes. But also if you if you've seek that, that kind of peace and that calm, like Tom said, you're almost ready to kind of ride the wave of all of the other spectrum of emotions that you will experience as, as a human.
0: Yeah. Yeah I love that and we use the the kind of spectrum thing quite a lot when we talk about well-being because you're so right to strive to be happy kind of all the time it's just it's not achievable and actually the first thing to to kind of get straight in in my head definitely a few years ago when I was kind of having some struggles was it's just not going to be like that every day and that's okay Um, Mm and it's how we kind of respond to that so thank you those were, were beautiful answers and um, so let's talk about your absolutely stunning book and um, we shall pop it up here again so that people who are watching can see it so for those of you who are listening it's beautiful I've got a, hard cap, a hardback copy but it's now out in paperback um, and it's just gorgeous it's got this lovely kind of milk bottle shaped bottle on the front with a bottle logo um, and it's a picture book to help children share their feelings and it is exactly that and um, tell me exactly kind of the beginnings of it how did it come to be you know obviously you you're both working in primary education which is you know having two children who are in the primary education I know how important that is um, and how um inspirational those teachers are I adore my children's school and their teachers and what they do for them and so it's just a beautiful job where did it all come from um should we go to (laughs) Jo?
1: Sure. Um, so it kind of goes way back to the start of our career. Tom and I both started around the same time. I think Tom trained a year before me. So we were both really early on in our career and would kind of call each other and, and talk about what's happening in school, ask for help, share ideas. And one of the things that really came through those conversations that we were having is that both of us were seeing so many children who couldn't navigate their emotions or who were struggling with naming their emotions and how that was such a barrier to learning because when you train to be a teacher they talk to you about barriers to learning and barriers to inclusion around SEND inclusion around children from different backgrounds but they don't talk about how much emotions can become a barrier to learning for for children for young people but for adults as well and I think that was where kind of the initial idea was probably born, and then Tom, I don't know if you want to expand on how how things developed from there.
2: Yeah, so I think we were having these conversations regularly, so we were talking to each other, and the same things, despite the fact we were in very different settings, the same things kept cropping up, and we kept on saying, you know, there needs to be something to support children to identify what they're feeling, to kind of navigate those feelings in a safe way, and and to talk about that with somebody that they trust Um, and so seeing that as a problem that was happening in both our classrooms and and naively not seeing that it's a problem that happens in all of life we (laughs) basically just created um well joe um is is an artist and has some fantastic um skills in that area so created some illustrations and, and we we wrote a sort of hand copy um of bottle that was a black and white sort of very small little book that we had in each of our classrooms Um, and it began very much as something that we were just using to help the children in our classes Um, and I guess at a similar sort of time to us doing that um, for the first time um, mental ill health came really close to our family and we we experienced it in a really um, in, in a really sort of very quick way. It was very sudden, and we weren't prepared. from From our point of view, it was sudden. It obviously wasn't, and th- these things build over time. And looking back, it's easy to reflect on that. But um, it all seemed to come out of the blue, and we seemed to have no tools equipped to deal with it. And um, and so from that point on, it kind of this project. moved from something that was professional and in our classrooms to something very personal because what we hope Bottle does is it equips people for something that we weren't prepared for as adults you Mm -hmm. know when when that happened me and Joe were in our mid-20s and we just had no skill set we had no way that we were able to deal with it and that was through no fault of my parents it was through no fault how we'd been brought up we'd been we had a fantastic childhood we just didn't talk about how we felt and um and so from that point on it became more of a personal project and and I guess the the boring sort of admin stuff is that then Unbound picked it up which are a crowdfunding publisher we crowdfunded the book um, which was incredible to kind of have a community that felt that this book was necessary as well it meant that we kind of stopped going oh it's just happening in our classrooms and went this is happening everywhere and this might help a little bit mm-hmm. um which was amazing and then yes yeah, so we've now kind of we we had a massive sort of usage during children's mental health week across the country which was so exciting um and and sold out the hardback copies so yeah we've gone to paperback which is really exciting um but yeah I guess really for us where where the project became something even more meaningful was in that switch between professional and personal when actually as so often in life that happens where actually something impacts you and then you realize you need to help others yeah after that I guess is kind of I guess that's where it was
0: yeah that's incredible and um excuse me I think often we talk about things that are really purpose-driven being the most successful things you can do. So you don't, you know, it's almost like you didn't set out for this to be what it's become, but because there was, um, you know, a real life experience within your classrooms and then a real world experience for you that this kind of all aligned together for you to have a purpose to help other people. And that that seems to be a real recurring theme that I'm having with these conversations is that once there becomes a purpose for something, it becomes you know, really, really personal and really real for you, which is is, a, is amazing. What's the um What's the response been like across the educational world? Because obviously, um, I mean, I follow you both on on social media, and 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 I think you're you're amazing at communicating with the educational world as well. And I think there's a real place for it online as well. Actually, I think in terms of support, I'm quite a big fan of it. Um, How, how, how has some of the feedback been from, from your kind of colleagues across the UK and maybe worldwide? I don't know how far it's gone.
1: I think there's, there's kind of three things that I found really moving about the response to this. The first one is how widespread it was, not just in primary school teaching, because when we started to share Bottled and the work we're doing in our classroom, at that point, I think we honestly saw it as a primary school resource. Mm -hmm. But we've had secondary school teachers who have used this in their setting, special educational needs schools. Um, We've had kind of educational kind of therapists that have used it. We've had social workers using it. And and the feedback has been so much broader than we thought it would be, which I I found really moving. Mm -hmm. And I think the second thing is that hearing from teachers who have genuinely seen this impact on the young people that they work with, kind of individual stories, of like, I, I've, I've got um, a, a teaching friend who used this book for a week in their school and they kind of focused on it. And the following week, a parent came in in tears because she said that their child, for the first ever time, noticed they were angry, said they were angry, and did something to try and stop it mm. and that and she was like he's he's never named it before he's never been able to name it before mm. and and I don't, I'm not saying that our book did all of that work I'm sure that teacher does so many brilliant things outside of that but it was part of that story yeah. And I think that's those kind of real examples are so special and then the the third thing that I found so moving about the response is that we've we've connected with a few different people now who have said that they feel that a book like this could have really changed the stories of their families. So for example, Tom and I have have been in discussion for a long time now with um, with a couple who lost their son, their son um, died died by suicide. Um, And they are patrons of our book, they've been really supportive. And the reason that they've wanted to work with us is because they said that a book like this could have really changed their family's story. And for me, for, for people to see power in this in the way that we do is that's what's really moving. I think about the feedback that we've had.
0: Mm. Yeah, that that's the the thing that came to my mind. Um, I, I I've not mentioned this yet on the podcast, but but you know it's prompted me to. But when I was in in high school, I I lost. A very close friend who died by suicide and I absolutely when I read this thought if we'd have known kind of the, these kinds of tools when we were younger and if we'd have been able to talk more because you know and this is going back you know goodness I'm 41 this happened when I was you know we, we were 17 so you know this is a, 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 a you know something that's been around for forever and to be able to have talked and looked at something like this and been able to, you know, notice a name, like you're saying in terms of emotions would have been incredible. So thank you for sharing that because I think that is um, something that really will uh, resonate with people who are listening, who've had those um, really tragic experiences. Um, Tom, anything, anything from you about um, the response? I mean, that was just incredible. How powerful Joe.
2: Yeah. I, I echo everything that Jay said. I do, I do think that we, We recognise that this is the children's picture book and children's picture books don't change the world, but they do change the little worlds of little people sometimes. And I think that that's been the most moving thing has been that whether it's been the child themselves or, or, or a teacher or a parent kind of saying, actually, yeah, this has helped a little bit um those those little bits are what make the changes I was I was listening the other day to it was it was really weird it was Alistair Campbell you know the old like Tony Blair's <laughs> old mate um, he, was, he talks a lot about mental health now and he talks really about it yeah he does yeah, he does, and, yeah. Um, and he was talking he was describing how actually um sometimes when change is happening we don't recognize it in the moment and he, he listed sort of big changes in our culture where you know the civil rights movement and the movement for gay rights and um the suffragette movement these big changes that actually in they feel really flipping hard in the moment mm-hmm. and actually it feels like you're getting nowhere but then then it then it changes yeah. and actually he was saying that maybe maybe this feels hard at the moment because mental health is a battle that sometimes feels like we're going backwards um, and that we're losing more people and that maybe we we kind of aren't doing enough but actually maybe we are in in some kind of change and I think Mm. what's moved me the most about this project has been that no matter who we've spoken to I went to speak at Birmingham Uni the other day and spoke to some young teachers who were um it was their last day before they got started in the classroom it was 50 50 maybe 60 people who are about to start in September with young people who think this is really important who actually think it might be the most important thing and so I guess for me the most moving thing has been that actually there's been a shift and maybe 20 30 years ago if this book had been on shelves it might not have had the traction that it has but because people see that everybody has mental health now and because people see that well-being is an important thing to look after um it's been moving to see that people have thought that this might be a tool to have in their arsenal for that and to and to um and it might help them a little bit more so that actually you know thinking back to me and joe growing up we we might have had a bit of a different preparation for um what happened to us had we had something like this so um yeah, that's what's been moving for me is the, is the response has been overwhelmingly positive and, yeah. and, um, and sort of seen as this is part of helping to move, move things forward.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and, it, and it really it really is. And I think both of you have said, um, you know, m- maybe not just our book, but actually I think um, I think you underplay the, the, the space that you've taken up here. I think it's I think it's huge and you know it really is huge what you've done. Um I you know I see it in my own children that 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 willingness to want to share now. And obviously I didn't have children 20 years ago, but I know that I know how I felt growing up. So that's all I can align it to. Um and we were a relatively open household. Um, and obviously we had um some trauma obviously in my late teens with what I just mentioned, but with them I feel so much um more confident that they are having conversations that we didn't have you know the even you know you mentioned about um uh gay rights and 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 that kind of movement and for for my kids now none of that conversation seems like something we need to tread carefully around or explain they they get they they get it it's but it's part of world the world as they see it and a happy world as they see it as well which is really even more important um one of the things I was going to ask you if it's okay to to delve a little deeper is um into um maybe the impact of something like this when when you were growing up whether there's anything specific that that you could share that would help you know teachers parents um any any level of caregiver or just you know anybody listening especially obviously if this is a a, a, a podcast which really looks at, at helping people within the arts and as we all know you know, Actors are brilliant at at kind of working at all of the theatre stage coach, you know, theatre trains, PQAs, all those wonderful places out there. They will come into contact with with children a lot. And it's those places where children do open up, you know, especially in in the arts world. And I just wondered whether there was anything um, you could share about maybe your your time growing up that, you know, had something like this existed, how that would have impacted you?
2: Yeah, I think... um particularly with that lens about the arts. Um, you know, I, after I left uni, I still do sort of arty stuff, but I'm not, as, I'm not involved professionally. But I think even through that training, when I reflect on what I was aiming to do, and I think this is probably the case for most people working in the arts, particularly performance, you're wanting to get to a, um, a portrayal of truth. Um, and a portrayal of truth doesn't come about without really being able to sit with your emotions um, and really being able to actually get honest about how you're feeling Um, and, and I think actually that's a personal thing before it's anything else so you need to be honest with yourself about how you're feeling before you can communicate that effectively whether you communicate that in conversation or whether you're doing it through a performance you can't get to that truth unless you've been truthful with yourself um and so I think um certainly the way that hopefully the book helps with that is that we want children to be emotionally aware and we want children to be emotionally honest with themselves and with other people that they trust so it it talks in the book about sharing your feelings helps the world to feel a little bit brighter because it does because actually it's not it's not necessarily that sharing how you feel is always going to be easy and it's not necessarily that sharing how you feel is always going to be comfortable but actually it does help um even if it's not immediate it helps in the long run and I think that that is for me that that idea that if I'd have had somebody at um at the harriest points in my life when I was younger. But I think certainly, um, certainly in my teens, I think if I'd have had somebody then who I felt I could say, I don't know quite what this is that I'm feeling, but I think it's this. And and just to be able to explore that with somebody outside of yourself, because all those things go on, all mm-hmm. those things go on in your head. Yeah. Um, and, and you question and you want to get to the bottom of what's going on. But unless you actually articulate that um, with somebody that you trust, I think it becomes a little bit more difficult. Um, and I think had I have had, I don't think I had that person until I was probably in my 20s. Yeah. Um, and fortunately, now I'm in a situation where I feel like I've got quite a few of those people, but you, you've got to kind of make that something that you start with. Yeah. Um, you've got to begin that journey of understanding yourself a little bit more. And being a little bit more truthful with yourself before you can really communicate that effectively. I think yeah. that's probably what I hope the book would, would have done for me.
0: Yeah. Love that answer, Tom. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
2: I think there's um,
1: I think there's two different ways you can become an emotionally honest person and you can build emotionally honest space. You can learn to be emotionally honest, or you can unlearn all of the things that are stopping you from being emotionally honest. And it's much easier if you learn it right the first time. And that's why this work with children is so important because we're teaching them and they're learning how to do this rather than teaching them the wrong way. And then 20 years later, something awful happens in their life and they have to unlearn all of those habits. And there's there's this video that um I saw on YouTube once of this, this man, and he swaps the 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 direction of a bike over so when he turns left the bike goes right so when he turns right it goes left and you watch him kind of learn how to ride this backwards bike and it's it's difficult he finds it really hard to learn that but then once he has he tries to go on a normal bike and he finds that even harder Um, and what the video shows is that it's difficult to learn something new but actually it's so much harder to unlearn that when you've done that work and I think what what Tom and I had to do in our mid-20s was unlearn all of the things that were stopping us from being emotionally honest and the the habits that we got into and these kind of cognitive patterns. And I think this work with children and these kind of conversations with young people, it's about teaching them right the first time. Mm. It's about getting them to learn to be emotionally honest, to learn how to have emotionally honest conversations with themselves and with other people so that in 10 20 years time they haven't got to unpick all of these habits that they got wrong the first time
0: yeah yeah absolutely gosh i love that that analogy
2: i'd say as well manny actually just like you'll get this is that when you get to a point of communicating truth there's nothing more powerful and whether that's on stage or in person or whatever it is it is it's transcendent like that that ability to be able to be completely honest without judgment without all of that it, it is truly check. I remember this is gonna be, this is gonna be funny for you I remember um sitting in a in a class with you and oh, we were, we'd be oh yeah tell me about <laughs> it going back years now mate um, and we were um we were working on some songs and I've been working on a song for a while we were singing it we were trying different things and and there was one particular day when I sang that song and it probably didn't sound amazing, it didn't, it was fine, but I connected to that song in a way that I hadn't before, and I remember, um, you'll remember Ellie, uh, Ellie from um, my year at uni, we, she came up to me afterwards in tears, and, and I was like, I don't, why, why are you crying, and she was like, because that felt like I'd seen you for the first time, Mm. and that is, there's nothing more powerful than that. Being able to let down your guard with somebody that you trust and to really share that, yeah. um, and that's the, um, that's the immense privilege that you get to have working in the arts. It's the immense privilege that we get to have in terms of empowering young people in our classrooms to say, actually, let's learn, like Joe says, let's learn this now. Yeah. Let's learn that talking about how you feel truthfully is something that is going to empower you and it's going to make you a better person. And it's going to, it's going to make you a better person because then you can see it in other people. Mm. Um, one of the things that Joe and I love, there's a, there's an educational group called the empathy lab that look at how we can, um, how you can kind of, um, use book picture books to talk about empathy with children. And one of the bits of research that they found was that sort of empathy is a learnable skill so 10% of what we know about empathy is kind of inbuilt and the rest we kind of learn so it's a growable skill Mm -hmm. and so the more you do it the more you the more you engage in those conversations of understanding and it's important to say as well that sometimes you'll meet people who you totally don't understand and they might want to be the people who are honest with you so actually that empathy is so important in those situations um so yeah maybe that's a bit of a ramble but I I do think that you that you communicate truth effectively and you and, and when you do that you find that there's real power in it
0: yeah and I think in terms of learning stuff I think that's something for me as a as a as a tutor as well in the capacity that I do with my singing teaching I would say in the last kind of five six years there's there's no there's no harsh edge, there's no get on and get it done, which kind of would have been the dialogue a few years ago. And mm-hmm. I feel very open to, to how much I've changed as a tutor, in response to what people as humans need. So now, I, I I would only hope that in particularly in acting through song, which like you say, is a very vulnerable space to take up, you know, when you when we're asking people to connect to a lyric that that is going to, be tough to access doing a bit of inner work is is hard but that's where it needs to come from and so um I'm hoping that we are creating spaces even just with teens that I teach so again you know talking openly it isn't just you know the primary school age you know I I feel exactly what you said Joe about learn it right the first time but learn it right when you can, as well. So with the teens that and and the early twenties that I teach, you know, helping them to understand that now it's not too late, if that makes sense. You know, it can be at any point. Um, I wanted to pick up on um a lovely tweet that Tom Brassington sent the other day, and I think this is really beautiful. And I wanted to share and maybe ask you to expand a bit. It was about um you seeing your primary school teacher. Mm -hmm. 15 years ago and something and it made me well up because um, imagine imagine knowing that you had that effect on someone so you said that that what you remembered from all those years was the smile that had comforted me when I was hurt reassured me when I was nervous and encouraged me to shine I'm just reading this out because it was out on social media so I don't need to ask you if it's all right Um, (laughs) And then you said you just felt transported back to her classroom where you felt safe, welcome, supported and cared for. That is the power of, of teaching, isn't it?
2: It is, it absolutely is. And I think um, you have those moments where you, you meet you meet people maybe, I think for me, when I saw Mrs Ledenham I was in Argos it wasn't a it was not a Richard Curtis movie in any way it was really a sort of like normal day we'll take
0: Argos
2: we'll take Argos but I do I think it was that knowledge of being known being remembered being known but also I I knew not, I cannot tell you one thing that woman taught me I can't tell you a single thing that woman taught me about Um, from the national curriculum I, I can guess because I know what we teach in year two and it was probably some of that but I I can't tell you for certain but I can tell you that she made me feel happy every day and she made me feel welcome and she supported me when I was struggling and and sometimes that's more important um we we're full of people who can teach us lots of things but perhaps the most important thing that someone can teach you is to love yourself and to accept yourself and to support you in that journey Um, and yeah I was stood in Argos and I decided that day that if a job can make somebody 15 years down the line smile and remember just how brilliant a time you had with that person that's got to be a job worth doing I think
0: yeah Oh, I don't, you're, the children that you teach are so incredibly lucky, Joe and Tom. I can't, I can't even imagine. I remember saying to you, Tom, a couple of years ago when you were a year three, three teacher and Molly was in year three and I was like, can you imagine? Um, (laughs) But yeah, she's very lucky at her school. Um, Joe, what is next uh, for you and Tom? What is the next step on the world domination?
1: (laughs) Um. What's been really exciting about Bottled is that we created something for our community, for our schools, and then we were fortunate enough that we were asked to crowdfund it, which meant that hundreds of other people saw value in it for their community and for their schools. Then we got published and we saw it being used in their communities and their schools and it's kind of this ripple effect of we, I feel like with Bottle we kind of dropped this stone into the the river and it's rippling out and we're seeing it hitting um, more broadly like all these different communities. And along that way we've managed, we've been lucky to connect with lots of different people who have kind of taken the book and done their own things with it, whether that's writing a scheme of work for school um, or using it for Children's Mental Health Week in school. Some teachers I know are planning to use it for September as their welcome back and their introduction to their classroom, which is so special. Um, And I think for me, the exciting thing is working with other people um, to try and get the most out of these kind of conversations in their communities. and I think that's our focus really. Yeah. Um, how can we get the most out of bottled in other schools or in other settings where it's being used? For me that's kind of the next thing.
0: Yeah, well, that's superb. Well, for those people who have not get got their hands on a copy, how do we get bottled and what do we need to know about becoming mega fans? of This book that I'm holding up again, so those of you who are listening don't know that I'm holding this by my face lovingly.
2: <laughs> um, so Bottled is available um, at all major booksellers, so you can get it on Amazon, you can our Waterstones, you can also get it directly through our publisher on Bound as well. Um, we're on social media, so you can follow us. It's at Bottled Book for Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, yeah, we're still on, we're still rocking the Facebook vibe. <laughs> um but yeah um we're not we've not yet taken this the jump to tiktok so we're we're a bit old school still um and then um i was trying to think is there any other ways joe that they can support in that way um, the best thing to do really is to get a copy of the book if you want one. You
1: can reach out to speak to Tom or I. We are on Twitter at Joe Brassington or at Teach. You can also email us hello at anemotionlyhonestspace.co.uk and we'll be happy to have a chat with you if there's anything we can do to support you. There are teaching resources that go with the books. There's videos that we, we send out to people who are using it. So if there's any way that you think this book would be useful for your work, then please do get in touch.
0: Fabulous. Thank you so, so much for coming on today. It's been, well, it's been a joy to see you again, Tom, and an an absolute joy to meet you properly, Joe. And I think what you're doing is unbelievable and so inspirational and it's so necessary right now. And and we thank you so much because it's just incredible.
2: Well, thank you. And same goes to you, mate, as well, because, you know, if it is a change that's happening, it's got to be a lot of us doing it. And so what you're doing as well. Is is absolutely really
0: important. Okay. Well, that's super kind. Thank you so much.
1: It's so good to meet you. Thank you.
0: Thank you so much for joining us on Wellbeing with Money in conversation with, and thank you for being part of our community. It really is all for you. It's all purpose driven, and I really hope that you got something from the episode today. If you enjoyed it, please feel free to share it with anyone who you feel would benefit from hearing these open and real conversations. Please make sure that you are following and you are subscribed to make sure you never miss an episode either on your app of choice or on YouTube. And if you can, please rate and review the channel. That would be so, so helpful because it helps other people find us. And finally, just remember that it is all about talking. It is all about sharing. So think, reach out, who will you have a conversation with? Have a fabulous week. See you next week.